It is exactly 8.41. This is Metro FM Talk. I'm Tami Gubeni sitting in tonight for Ayabonga Tawe. It is now culture talk time with Ati Patraruga, artist. Now, Ati's latest exhibition, Interior Exterior Dramatis Persona, a saga in two parts, is currently showing at the What If The World Gallery. It said that his latest exhibition is a grand and evocative display of the exquisiteness of stained glass and tapestry while being subversive in its depictions of those he calls, quote-unquote, deliberately black, deliberately queer, and deliberately femme. An exhibition that uses the power and politics of stained glass and tapestry to comment on society's exclusions, create joy and console the grieving. Awesome to have you with us, Ati. Just a reading about your work paints a myriad of imagery in my head. And to understand your artwork, it's made of glass? Indeed. Tell us more. What what type of glass? What form of glass? Um, for this particular show, Tami, thank you very much for having me. And Molena Makai, um, this particular glass I'm using is stained glass, which is um, the, the glass that you usually see at churches, multicolored glasses, textured glasses, um, very, very vibrant colors. I use them um, to depict figures. Um, various performance characters that I've performed and also uh, people that um, have somehow caught my attention within my community, which you've already stated, um, the, the community that is my muse and my inspiration is that of the queer, black and femme community and, um, and the politics and the strife and the joys that actually um, they embody. And, uh, yeah. I read something, Ati, where you said that stained glass says something about class, that it says something about access. Explain that. Mm, mm. Um, access seems uh, important because class and access, I think that there are things that um, go together. Um, the window or even the glass always is something that protects the outside from coming in, you see, and um, class as well. And nationalism have a way of um, protecting the inside by putting things outside. So um, I've always, throughout my life, found myself to be outside of many things. So I wanted to pay tribute to those fellow people who also found themselves outside of the tradition or, or being depicted in the tradition of stained glass, which is usually a colonial exercise or even a religious exercise. And, and, and I wonder, Ati... I mean, how would you describe the, this exhibition? I understand that you've it's it's, it's in two parts. Yes, um, it's a it's a saga in two parts. So those two parts are very much grounded on the medium and the material that I'm using, which is one stained glass, uh, which I started working with in 2013, and then it was re-inspired by uh, a church at Gombo in East London that depicted the Virgin Mary and um, the angel Gabriel to be black. So um, I was very interested in that, and I was very, very proud of this community, which is my community at Gombo, that actually insisted on putting black people instead of sort of like a white Christ or um, a colonial figure to praise. Um, So that is one of the many influences that go into the work as well. 
So with them praising their community, I was inspired to praise my community as well. And, and I mean, just looking at your artwork, because I'm actually looking at it now uh, as we speak, it's hauntingly beautiful. And immediately you get connected to all the religious emblems of, of church and, and history and, and even colonialism, as you say, even as you're looking at them. And and you've said now as well that your your work meditates on, I guess, the violence of, of black people who who love the church and and the art forms, but who do not see themselves reflected in that artwork. Has your work gone beyond the galleries? Are there churches perhaps that have commissioned um, this type of work, this type of imagery to put up in their sanctuaries? I ask because there's actually a church in Orlando, in Soweto, um, at St. Martin's. And it's actually a church that I used to uh, go to. I pretty much grew up in that church. That's why I had my first Holy Communion. And when I went back there a couple of months ago, probably a year ago, just since you're going down memory lane, I, I noticed yeah. with much glee the fact that the figures of Christ and the apostles and the stations of the cross were depicting a black Jesus and black people. And that was beautiful yeah. and affirming. And I was just so encouraged to see that right in the heart of Soweto. And my desire yeah. was to see more of that in churches across the continent. Yeah. Um, I think that that is, um, I think it's a signal and probably it is uh, something that is, it's a signal of probably something that is already happening in uh, churches. Uh, Decolonialism is not only in humanities departments at uh, universities, but also it is a spiritual journey. And I think that when you were saying earlier, there's this conflict between one who does love the church, but also at the same time, society has said that they cannot be in this church, and probably the tension of interior-exterior comes from that. So um, I, I wanted to raise that up as well um, with the exhibition and also create a space because the light that seeps through that glass um, is something that is to be experienced uh, from person to person, and also Yuan has to be in that space. Um, and then it becomes, it takes on a, um, an extra um, not even an art space, but it becomes probably an ecclesiastic space or a church space or, yeah, a divine space. So before you started working with glasswork and before you started putting together this type of imagery and, and tapestry, what is your arts background? Um, or has this always been the medium of expression for you? Um, thank you so much for asking me that question. I love talking about my journey. Um, I grew up in East London, and from the first moment I could draw a teddy bear or something, my dad um, insisted that I go to art school, which was Belgravia Art School in East London. From then onwards, I went on to go study fashion in Johannesburg, and uh, both of that art and that fashion education have somehow lended me to the various materials that I use, especially um, you'll see that with this show as well. Uh, I use tapestry done in a French style called Petit Point, and I learned that um, back in East London in the 90s. So um, all those traditions and many stories that um, can be told by material show up as well. And then, yeah, <laughs> that's, my, that's, that, that's my relationship to art. I hope that answers your question. No, it, it certainly does. And, and how do you actually achieve the stained glass look? 
what is the process that goes into it? Um, how do you get the glass stained? I know I'm asking very technical questions, but it's oh, really no, it's intriguing. It's, it's really intriguing. It's it's like a patchwork of of glass. Mm. Um, at the moment, I'm making a new one. I'm, I'm working on a new ten by a uh, five meter one to be shown as an in Cape Town. And uh, the process is that, um, of course, of the idea which then translates into the various images, poses, and compositions that I want. And uh, from then onwards, you fragment the figure. It's so interesting that um, you have to make the, 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 the skin and the body and the composition and the plane of the glass to be many pieces. You can't do big pieces. Um, so you work with that and you work with different kinds. So that's where also the art is in how you choose the glass. Because it's like making a patchwork or a patchwork compass or a, a blanket, you know? Yes. <laughs> I remember way back at school, uh, one of the assignments that we had to do, I think it was called Home Industries, where we had to do a patchwork of um, a blanket and we yeah. take different uh, pieces of cloth, you know, different colors and throwaways and put all of them together to come up with something intricately beautiful and unique and and somehow you I, took, I took me my that. mother's one yeah i took my mother's one when i was when we were asking home economics um to do a patchwork i got into so much trouble i'm very much fascinated <laughs> by, by by craftsmanship i think that that is something that uh, uh people can take away from this show and also the reflection um how that reflects on the studio um, I think that it is time for us to start preserving ways in which we can deliver our stories. And I think craftsmanship, stained glass, tapestry, beadwork, and all of that are still industries that we can use to, to, to rejuvenate ourselves after this big corona. I find it quite interesting, Ati, that you say that you believe that part of your work and one of the objectives of your work is to console people, to console them yeah. from what? Well, life is hard, right? And I think that um, it's, it's the ones that have been hurt that are always the best consolers. Um, and also, I do believe that art doesn't have one, uh, uh, um, one function. It can also console one. When you listen to a pop song or an R&B song, you feel consoled. Um, yeah, consult from what? I think for me, I'm fascinated by the past 300 years of South African history and how it affects me up until today. Where can one find your work? Um, well, uh, on the internet, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and also... Which is, uh, I'm in various collections. Um, I'm in the Johannesburg Art Gallery collection, so they bring out the work um, once in a while. Um, I'm in the South Africa National Gallery collection, which is in Cape Town. Um, this show that we have right now is also in Cape Town at the Watch of the World Gallery. Uh, at Light Smoker, we are heavily represented in various other, the Smithsonian in Washington, um, various other uh, public and private collections. Uh, have my work from the past 15 years. And where do you find most of your patronage? 
um, as far as being able to sell the work? Because yes, you are an artist and, and it's great to be exhibited in, in galleries. Who do you find mostly buys your work? What, what type of a buyer do you have? Uh, the type of buyer that I have, I've been very lucky to have collectors and also a collector that that yeah, relates to the work. I think that those are the, 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 the interesting ones. Um, it is someone, of course, who thinks, and also that is part of my collaboration with the, the art galleries, whereby um, the work finds a suitable home to go to and not just uh, anyone. And that comes, of course, in a very, very stringent yeah, marketing thing, which is not of interest in that. It's one of the art. And, and art by its very nature evolves and, and it transitions. Are you at a point now where you are able to, I guess, even foreshadow your next transition? Oh. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't see the transition, though I haven't created the transition in a while. Yeah, I know what I'll be doing probably three, three years down the line. Mm, and, and, and what <laughs> yeah. would that be? <laughs> Uh, I'm working at the moment at, on a feature film, um, developing a feature film. Um, that has seen me um, going to various sort of like workshops to develop the story, getting the story coach, being workshops to death and back. Um, also developing it as an opera at the same time. So all of this work with the various characters that are in stage art and in tapestry will finally make their way into a um, moving image as they started already because they started shooting last year, November, and then Mrs. Corona came and did it, and then <laughs> we have to continue again. That is absolutely riveting. So what made you think that you could now get into moving pic- pictures into a feature film production? I've been um, doing video artwork, short films, short experimental films since um, 2006. So... Um, Moving from short films that were only seen by a limited audience and were also sold within the gallery um, or the experimental film space, um, I got together with producers who were like, hey, I think it's time that you take your talent to the next level and make uh, a feature film. So, yes, um, we, we, we started slowly and activating the audience as we move along, foreshadowing 2024 for probably a dream release or even longer. You take my and, and and what were the themes that you were tackling in these experimental films, the short ones? Oh, everything from race, um, sexuality, especially the idea of uh, masculinity not being one thing. Uh, I'm a 36 year old gay black man, um, and and I've realised that masculinity does not happen in one way. Um, and, and various things like that, a class, because class ever affects how we act so that we're respected by people. Um, nationalism, I really truly do feel that um, also masculinity and nationalism are something that are very, very linked. Once your nation lets you down, you start freaking out and start holding on to things that are quite physical about your appearance and you start being quite violent towards people, especially the fans and women. And um, so it's all those histories coming together and me wanting to console those who would think are victims, that do not believe in victims, that believe in targets of those things, especially 
uh, masculinity, thinking it can be one thing and it's one thing. If one is interested in going back into your short experimental films archive, uh, where does one access yeah. that? Uh, because we are in the South African syllabus, um, most of my work um, is available as well, um, of course, on Google and also on YouTube. So you can um, just go search and, and watch hours upon hours upon hours of um, years of footage that's right. Ati, you know, I looked at your name, Ati, I get, and then there's Patra. Can you just, yeah. like, say, and that has a bit of an Indian vibe to it. What, what is <laughs> <laughs> So, So, won't you just, like, say your full name and, and exactly, you know, where it comes from, and if it is a hybrid name at all? It's Ati Patra Khuka, and it's not a hybrid name. It's my name. So, that is literally your birth name that you were christened with no it's my name it's my name that's your it's your it's your identity that you've chosen for yourself yes it's my it's my invention it's me inventing myself and paying tribute to the many things that have come before me and and talk talk us through that that identifying yourself and naming yourself based on who and what and how you have experienced yourself to be or hope to be I think I think it comes from probably a family that could entertain it. <laughs> Number one, so I'm grateful to my family to um, have entertained the fact that um, I chose who I wanted to be, and everyone uh, told the line. And um, for me, one has to, or else, or else you're not living your life fully. And I think that it also shows in my work the many various characters that I have um, taken form. You know. Or, 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 or the characters that I have assumed from the Congo to the future white woman of Azania to now Nomadigo Kwezi. So I performed those various characters. And yeah, um, that, 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 that is a tribute to just my life. The idea that you, you are in charge and you can be whoever you want to be. Well, thank you so much. You have been a most intriguing guest on Culture thank Talk you. today. Uh, I, I think we ended up covering so many different aspects of, of culture and so many yeah. different forms of art and identity and just weaving from one form to another. So much appreciated, Ati. And thank, thank you. you for your beautiful work and your beautiful expressions. You have yourself cool. a splendid, splendid one. One of that's uh, Ati Patra Ruhadeh, a culture talk guest for today. We have tweeted uh, at Medrev MSA uh, his, his, his face as well as his name. And do go onto his site and even go to the What If the World um, gallery where you can see some of his amazing stained glass images. I, I kid you not, you, you will really be impressed with his artistry. From myself, Tami Gubeni and the Medref M Talk team, it's goodbye from us now on this Thursday evening. You have yourself a splendid evening further. We've got the man behind the jams who've just literally sprayed and disinfected the whole studio. <laughs> thing. I, I think, Cynthia, you, we are pretty much ready to swim in, in in the disinfection that you've sprayed in the studio. But I love it, uh, just to a fault. For myself, Tammy, you have yourself a splendid one. Good night.